Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. You know what that song means. It's time for another Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm your lovable host, Tom Dommers. Welcome to the show. Wow, it's been an incredible two weeks. Jules and I moved all of our gear out of the storage locker and into this little house in Minneapolis, Minnesota over the past couple weeks. I'm glad to be back on track with the Tuesday Gardening Show. After a couple weeks of short posts and podcasts, including the introduction of, a, of our new midweek show called Midweek Motivation by the coastal cosmopolitan Tommy Cakes, we're gearing up for garden season 2018 here. In this post and podcast episode, I'm going to discuss how to develop a 2018 garden plan, what I'm going to grow and how I'm going to grow it. And I'm also going to make some adjustments to my planting strategy based on conversations with Michael Bell, Scott Hebert. Danielle Freeman, Drew Sample, Greg Burns, and other market farmers. While I'm not going to grow commercially, let me emphasize that again, while I'm not going to grow commercially, I'm going to adopt some of their concepts and principles to make my garden very productive in 2018. Well, that's the plan anyway. We'll see how it works out. So in case you're new to our podcast, blog, and social media platforms, Small Scale Life is all about removing stress from our lives by living simply through gardening, healthy living, and having adventures along the way. We're thrilled you're here and listening to our show or reading our blog. It means a lot to us, and frankly, we wouldn't do this if you weren't part of our Small Scale Life. Before we begin this episode, let's hear from some friends of Small Scale Life. Are you interested in bees, beekeeping, honey, or mead? If you are, you need to check out a bee-friendly company out of Cheyenne, Wyoming. Michael Jordan, the Michael Jordan, well, not the basketball player Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan, who is on Survival Podcast Panel of Experts, has been on the Small Scale Life Podcast, is an actual bee whisperer. I'm constantly amazed by the work that Michael is doing to improve apiaries and communities in his backyard, at the local school, and across the country. Michael is broadcasting information on Facebook Live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. That's five minutes at 5 p.m. So check him out. If you're interested in bees, beekeeping, honey, or mead, check out Michael Jordan's A Bee Friendly Company on Facebook. And there'll be a link in the show notes on smallscalelife.com if you want to learn more. Well, great news, everyone. It's time to start planning for spring. Are you looking for comfrey, bees, or trees? Greg Burns from Nature's Image Farm has what you need. Nature's Image Farm has Comfrey Bocking 4 and Comfrey Bocking 14 cuttings available for you today. Are you looking to start beekeeping and are looking for bees? Nature's Image Farm has five frame nukes available now. Keep in mind that there is a deadline that's rapidly approaching. That deadline is February 10th, 2018. So that's coming up here in a few days. So contact Nature's Image Farm today if you want five-frame nukes. Now, if you want to add trees to your property, perhaps you're starting a new homestead or an urban homestead, <clears throat> like someone around here, Greg will also be updating tree bundles next week. Nature's Image Farm will once again have exciting bundles available soon for urban homesteaders and farmsteaders, including pawpaw, seaberry, ragusa rose, apple, pear, American chestnut, butternut, elderberry, mulberry, serviceberry, and more. Oof, that's a lot. They have everything you need to start your own food forest or family orchard. And that's pretty cool. Remember, use code SSL for Small Scale Life for 10% off and free shipping. And let a real American hero 
Captain Lumber Squatch, Greg Burns, know you heard about Nature's Image Farm on Small Scale Life. Check out Nature's Image Farm today. Hey everybody, on behalf of Small Scale Life, this is Tommy Cakes. I'm new to the Small Scale Life. I wanted to talk to you about two things. The first thing is my podcast, The Midweek Motivation on SmallScaleLife.com. Check that out if you need a little pick-me-up in the middle of the week, a little motivation, a little bada-boom, bada-bing. The second thing, check out the Small Scale Life Facebook group. We've got about 500 people in there. It's growing. It's good. So you should be part of that, too. So join us at Small Scale Life Facebook group and also my weekly podcast on SmallScaleLife.com, Midweek Motivation. All right, back to the lounge. I got my drink. delicious we'll see you soon all right thank you to all of our friends of small scale life remember if you have a product or service that you would like to be discussed on small scale life contact me at real small scale life at gmail.com or use the contact us page on small scale life.com all right before we begin yeah i know we're getting to it guys just we're hold on hold on we're getting to it but before i begin I want to go through some news items. Yeah, we have some news here. We're going to start doing a little news in our garden posts and some other posts here. So first off, I am working on things behind the scenes to improve the small-scale life experience. Feels like we're getting momentum and we're starting to focus in on that message and direction of the blog and podcast. As part of that, we're going to start digging into wicking beds and launching wicking bed nation. So stay tuned for that. I've been promising it. It's coming. We've got a lot of stuff on the plate for that. And next, I really get excited when I get to when I can connect groups of people. A great example of this was connecting Michael Bell with Michael Hingston from Aussie Flame Weeders down in Australia. I think these connections are happening in our small scale life community on the blog, Facebook, and Instagram. There's a lot of activity on Instagram. You should really get over there. There's a number of us who are starting or running small businesses, and it's great to connect with folks and get your name out there. To help with that, I'm working on developing a business directory on smallscalelife.com. We want to connect people. We want to connect our audience to your quality businesses and products. If you want to be included in our business directory, let me know. If you want to be included, contact us at realsmallscalelife at gmail.com or use the contact us page at smallscalelife.com. So that's coming. There's got to be a little bit of work and development on that, but uh, but that is coming. That's something I've been thinking about for a while here. So I really want to put this together, make it shine, and uh, and get people working together and connecting. So um, anyway, so finally, I do have some exciting news, real news, nothing about Small Scale Life to come. Well, it is actually, um, but I'm not selling anything. It's really cool. So I have some exciting news. A company that makes the core product, if you go to Menards or Lowe's or Home Depot or any of these stores, you see these bricks of, of material for potting, potting soil. It's a recycled uh, coconut fiber. So a company that makes that for Burpee heard my Potting Soil Challenge podcast from last year, and they've reached out to me. This company would like to donate some of their core product for the school outreach that I do each spring. So around Arbor Day and also Earth Day, I go out to some classrooms and I work with kids and plant seeds. It's really fun. It's a nice thing. I get to do a little presentation and then we get get our hands dirty and plant some seeds. So it's fun. Um, I tried core bricks for the first time last year in the classroom and the kids 
loved watching this brick of material turn into a growing medium in a five-gallon bucket. It was really cool. So I really appreciate this company's interest, and I'm really excited to work with this company and report on this in the future. So thank you very much. Um, Hopefully, uh, we'll get that all worked out. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff planned for the kids this year, so it's going to be a lot of fun. That was a lot. Been waiting patiently. So it's a lot, but it's good stuff to talk about with you. And, you know, enough of that. Let's get on with the show, right? Okay. So here we go. Here we go. So the Super Bowl is over and we're almost in the middle of February. Believe it or not. I can't believe it. But we're... uh, We're getting there. We're almost to the middle of February. For gardeners, homesteaders, and farmers in Northland, people are in high gear planning and plotting for this year's growing campaign. I know folks down in Texas and other southern states and our friends on the other side of the world in Australia and New Zealand are already in high gear. I mean, on the other side of the world, they're in summer and they're rocking and rolling. And I always need to keep that in mind as I produce content. But, uh, you know, people up here are really starting to plan for their gardens and it's starting to pop up at Walmarts and Lowe's Depot, Home Depot, Menards. All these places are starting to get their seeds and their their potting equipment uh, trays and cells in. So it's starting. It's already starting. And I'm no exception. I've been thinking about a lot. I've been planning what plants I want to grow this year and how I'm going to fit everything in these limited gardens. Um, For those of you who are new to the show, I moved last June to a relatively small urban lot in Minneapolis, Minnesota, just on the north side of Minneapolis. So at this new house, I inherited two four-foot by six-foot square foot gardens. And these raised beds do need some love and attention. Uh, The wood is rotting, and I have a plan to replace them with wicking beds in the near future. I did make some modifications last year. I put up a trellis system, had to replace the fence around one. I should have done it around both, but that's coming this year. Um, And I've got some plans for improving my growing space, and that's a topic for another time. But today we're going to talk about developing a garden plan and getting organized, getting yourself organized for the growing season. So planting vegetables and plants you grow uh, feeds right into your overall gardening strategy and seed purchase. And it's almost time to get those seeds ordered and started. So if you're here at Small Scale Life, you've probably fit into one of three categories, Uh, maybe even four categories. But, you know, new gardeners who have never grown anything before. Somewhat experienced gardeners that really didn't get the results you're looking for, or maybe you did. And then seasoned vets, seasoned veteran gardens who have literally tasted the success of garden, uh, gardening and the failure of defeat probably in a couple cases as well. And then there's probably a fourth. You're just here for the entertainment and so you don't get fined, right? But uh, we're glad you're here, all four groups, and uh, let's learn a little bit together, right? So no matter where you fall in the gardening spectrum, we all start at the same place at the beginning of the season, the garden plan. The garden plan is a foundation for your season success. It helps guide you through the seed catalogs, the websites, the seed kiosks, and the seed booths, the tables of live plants at the lo- at the local greenhouses or the big box stores. It can be overwhelming. You go into these places and you have rows and rows and rows of seeds, different varieties of like tomatoes. There'll be 12 varieties of tomatoes. What do you want? What do you want to grow? Um, 10 different varieties of beans. You know, what you, you just want beans. I want green beans. Well, there's all these different varieties. So your garden plan will help sort through that and cut down that noise and make it not feel so overwhelming. The garden plan is all about you. What do you want to grow? Where do you want to start? 
What do you want to eat? And this can be pretty overwhelming, like I said. Uh, I know in different cases, I've acted like a therapist talking with people. Some are overwhelmed by all those choices, like I just talked about, and the options are talk to people who want to plant it all. This is really a, the case with new gardeners. They want to plant it all. They're going to do corn and squash and pumpkins and strawberries and lettuces and bok choy and 50 different things. And it's like, dude, you've only got a four by four square foot garden. Where's it all going to go? The fact is... In cases like that, and even cases like mine, we can't plant it all. We just can't. We can't grow it all. And there's just too many varieties out there. According to the United States Department of Agriculture, there's like 25,000 tomato varieties. And of course, other sources say 10,000 to 15,000 varieties of tomatoes being activated, actively cultivated in the world. But, but who's counting, right? That's a lot of tomatoes. So you just can't grow it all. You've got to make some choices. You've got to narrow it down. So you're like, okay, I can't grow it all. Where do I start? So I say when you start your 2018 garden plan, you really need to think about what you and your family or whoever you're with will eat. It doesn't make sense to grow a ton of tomatoes, eggplant or squash or pumpkins if no one in your family likes to eat that stuff. A lot of it will just get composted, right? Or rot. So focus on what you eat and grow those things. For example, if you like salsa and you want to make some great fresh salsa, you should look to grow tomatoes, peppers, onions, and cilantro. And cilantro can be kind of hard to grow. It just goes a seed right away, and then you get coriander. But cilantro can be tricky to make it all happen at the same time. Uh, If you like dill pickles, you should look at growing cucumbers, dill, onions, and maybe some jalapeno peppers to spice it up. And if you like pesto, you should grow basil and maybe some parsley. You'll add the pine nuts and olive oil from the store. But think about what goes into your favorite dishes and recipe recipes. Grow the things that you use often or you can preserve for that long march in winter between December and April that we're in right now. It's not it's great to go in and pick out a jar of salsa or dilly beans or corn relish or grab some dried herbs and use them in a pot of soup. I mean it's it's great to use stuff that you have grown in your meals. Maybe you just don't know. Maybe you're new to all this. You just don't know. You don't know what you're going to use. But if you if you have some trouble thinking about vegetables and herbs that you use, do this. And this is actually not my idea. This was Jack Spurko from the survivalpodcast.com. One of his ideas for getting a food strategy together, you know, prepping. <laughs> Air quotes, prepping. So take a notebook and keep a food log for a couple weeks. Write down the key well, foods in his case, but the key vegetables and herbs you use on a daily basis. If you're prepping, you want to go bigger. You want to write down all the foods like peanut butter. Danny eats peanut butter. My son Danny eats peanut butter like it's going out of style. So we would need like a case of peanut butter to last him through the zombie apocalypse, right? But write down the key vegetables and herbs you use on a daily basis. And that can be the starting point for not only your garden plan, but also that plan to prepare for the tough times like prepping, like, right, right, zombie apocalypse or modern day survival or that job loss, right? Maybe you have a pantry full of food and you can survive for a month or two. That's, you know, this is the way we used to live once upon a time. So the next step, I mean, once you kind of got an idea is to write out your garden plan. So once you've thought about the dishes and the recipes and the preserved foods that you that you want to eat, you can start to write down your list of vegetables and herbs you want to grow this year. Start big, Write them all down. So 
Maybe it is eggplant and squash and zucchini and peppers and five different kinds of peppers and three different kinds of tomatoes and green beans and bush beans and strawberries and who knows what. Go big. Write them all down. And and I'm really serious about that. Write all that stuff down, all the vegetables, all the herbs down on a piece of paper. And we'll start with this pie in the sky. Here's my air quotes again. Pie in the sky garden plan. And we'll start to hone it down from there. We'll start to hone it down to a manageable, realistic plan. Well, you might be asking, how do you do that? So the first thing you should do um, is really, I mean, we've kind of done this already. Um, You know, don't waste your time and valuable space for stuff you won't eat. Grow what you eat, right? And also you need to look at your uh, your available space, your growing area. Remember, your space in the garden might be very limited, like I've got two four by six beds and those are fairly big, but they might not be able to handle my whole big pie in the sky plan. And you got to remember, some of these plants can get pretty large. Squash, zucchini, pumpkin, some tomato varieties like cherry tomatoes. These things can get, they, I call them the garden bully sometimes because they can get huge, bushy and take over a garden and go all over the place. So you'll need to balance this pie in the sky list garden plan with the spatial realities. Like don't want to grow pumpkins when you're limited to a north facing condominium balcony. You probably don't want to do that. You might want to do like uh, bush beans and tomatoes. It depends what you want, right? So you just need to analyze your space and really focus on that. And again, grow what you eat. Don't waste your time and your effort and fighting pests if you're not going to eat the stuff. Otherwise, you're going to be making compost out of plants, herbs, and vegetables that you don't eat. And we did that enough last year and the year before. That's going to be a goal for this year is to not waste food. But we'll get into that later. Later on, another podcast coming. So if you're tight on space or want to experiment with new vegetables and herbs, I mean, you should, but I would maybe recommend buying those items at the local farmer's market or buying them from a local farmer or finding a local gardener or friend who will trade for you with you. I mean, you might be able to work out a deal. Hey, I'll give you a bunch of green beans if you give me that bok choy, you know, something like that. Or kohlrabi. You don't want to grow it, but maybe the person down the street has it and maybe can trade for something. Or maybe they'll just be nice and they've got 10 of them and they're not going to eat them all. Maybe they'll just give you one. That's the beauty of gardening. Usually it's feast or famine. And it's usually when it comes in, it's a feast and you got to move fast. <laughs> I know that from experience. And I know a lot of you are shaking your heads going, yeah, been there, done that. So, so and, and maybe, you know, you try some of those experimental herbs and vegetables and, 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 uh, why did I? Why can I figure some of those Ohio guys are, and Colorado guys are laughing at me when I say experimental herbs? But those things that you want to try, if you like those things, maybe you can expand your garden or work on those items, work your, those items in your plan for next year. But you know, for some of that stuff, you don't know if you're going to like it. I would just try to you know test it before you before you plan it and and spend your time on it, time and money on it. So maybe. You have the opportunity to expand your growing area. Hallelujah. Awesome. Maybe you have that opportunity to expand, grow more, and you you have a lot of options. So we'll discuss some ways you can expand your garden and do some cool stuff in future posts and podcasts. But, uh, yeah, if you can expand and take up more room, go for it. I know that 
in my North Minneapolis yard, I'm going to be confined. I'm going to have some space restrictions. I can hardly speak. Some space restrictions this year. So I'm going to try to maximize what I've got. Maybe expand a little. Jules, don't look. Uh, Maybe expand a little and uh, go from there. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So let's talk about my 2018 garden plan. So I started planning my garden in late January 2018, late January, month, you know, just a few weeks ago. You know, I sat down with my secret blue small-scale life notebook. It's very secret. It's got a lot of stuff in there, a lot of ideas. It's kind of like my written brain sometimes. It has the nuclear codes in it, trust me. Some really, I might even have the location of Hoffa, I'm not sure. So I started to rough out my pie-in-the-sky garden plan. I started that back in July, uh, January. So as I wrote everything out, I started to think about the garden season last year, how it went, and also how it's gone for me over the past few years. The way I've done it, it's not the best way, but I start seeds in February. I plant everything in one shot mid to late May. Sometimes it's early June. I've been late. And certain plants don't fare well in the hot days in late June and July. That's your leafy greens. Some plants like spinach, leaf lettuce, sugar snap peas, other greens actually prefer cooler weather. But here I am planting too late, and that stuff is starting to bolt and not taste too good or not fare too well in the, in the hot days of June and July. So what I'm trying this year, and this is what I'm picking up from the the urban farmers, market farmers, uh, those type folks, is I'm going to try to um, to develop a two-stage approach to my spring garden plan. So you can see in the image that I posted along with the section of the, of the, um, of the post on smallscalelife.com, I'm going to go in two stages this spring. I'm going to start to plant greens, green onions, sugar snap peas in the early spring, like early April. As soon as things start to heat up, snow goes away, frost goes out, you know, I can work the soil a little bit. Those stuff, that stuff is going in the ground. So I'm going to have to have, I'm going to have to start that stuff inside and then transplant it. So the, the good thing is these plants tend to grow quickly and I can harvest, get a harvest in before late spring, the late spring stage kicks off and they can weather some frost. They can weather some cold, cold stuff. Um, I can put a roll cover over it and protect it, but I can get that stuff growing outside that'll free up my limited space where I'm going to be starting seeds and we can get going with some, we can get going with some greens that we've grown here in early May. So in the late spring, spring stage, that's the, the bulk of the other vegetables and herbs on that, um, that I plant for summer and those go in the ground after the first frost frost date here and that's may 10th in zone 4b of the twin cities so my plan will be i've got this early spring stuff in the garden bed and in the the other things i'm going to put in place <laughs> the other beds i'm going to put in place and i'll intercrop the late spring stage plants with the early spring stage plants 
And what I mean by that is that I'll plant tomato starts next to the sugar snap peas who've been growing in the ground for a month already. So the plants, the tomatoes will go in next to them. And if you know anything about sugar snap peas, they're going to add nitrogen into the soil, which will help the tomato plants. Now, I have to be careful not to disrupt the roots of the sugar snap peas, but they should, those peas should help the tomato plants grow. And if you listen to the, to the podcast with Michael Bell from January the first bell cast we talk about that how the peas complemented the tomatoes last year and actually w- the plants that did that had a better had better production so we're going to replicate that again and then i'm going to use companion guides they're out there on the net i'll probably post one you know i will to intercrop the peppers and onions and greens i, I want to make sure that if the peppers go next to some lettuce they're not going to some plants don't do well if they're intercropped like that so i want to make sure that that I plant things right so they continue to grow together. So the other thing you might notice, and I've been alluding to this, is that I don't have enough room for all these late spring stage plants for all the summer crops, right? I have two four by six raised garden beds, and while they can handle a lot of stuff, I'm going to need some more capacity. So it's time. You guys have been waiting. You've been patient. I talked about it in the news section. It's time to show some of my plans for constructing and operating these wicking beds. It's time to launch Wicking Bed Nation. Let's do this. So I've got some plans. I've got some ideas, especially with green beans and some of these other things, to get some small wicking beds going and uh, maximize space. The herbs that I'm going to have, those are going to go into a separate wicking bed that I should have built last fall. But it's time. We're getting this going. And uh, there's going to be a lot of activity here about Wicking Bed Nation. We're kicking this off. It's a, it's a really great way to go. Danielle, I know you're wrinkling your face. I know the wicking beds are, the name wicking bed doesn't, you don't like it, but we're going with it. It's wicking bed nation. We're doing it. So let's put this all together. So you're a newbie or experienced gardener. We all start the same place in the long March of winter. You know, before you get overwhelmed with all the seed catalogs, the websites, the seed stands, the plants available at the local greenhouse or box store, do some planning. That's going to help you. That's going to take away that anxiety. It's going to help you deal with all the stuff that's there, and it will keep you away from impulse buying. I mean, I've got some carrots that have been in my my seed box for years, and I don't grow carrots, but you know, it'll help stop you from doing that impulse buy. Develop that basic foundation that will set you up for success this year by following those steps, right? So develop that pie-in-the-sky list. The next step is narrow that pie-in-the-sky list down by visualizing your available growing space and what you and your family will actually eat. So if you want to experiment, so that makes sense, right? So you want to narrow that list down. Get it from pie-in-the-sky to reality. This is the reality. This is what you got. This is what you're gonna how you're going to expand, or this is what you're going to have to work with. So you can only grow X. So if you want to experiment with new vegetables and, and herbs, purchase them at the store, farmer's market, local gardener, or trade with someone in the neighborhood. You can find those people that'll do that. Or maybe they'll give you some. Maybe you'll figure something out. It's a good way to make connections in the neighborhood, right? We're all about building community. And if you can expand your growing area, go for it. We'll discuss those ideas and some things you might want to try this year. Remember, we've already got some articles out there about garden planning and also vertical gardening. That's that's a way to save space in your yard by using rain gutters and other techniques. I'm curious about what you're doing. How do you do it? How do you plan your garden? What do you have on your 2018 garden plan? How do you plan your garden? Have you completed this process yet? Have you purchased your seeds yet? 
you know, how do you do it? Put your thoughts and ex- experiences in the comment section of this post on smallscalelife.com or join the Small Scale Life Facebook group and share your experiences there. Nobody bites, not even me, not even Tommy Cakes. So oh, Tommy Cakes. So nobody bites there. Share your experiences. I'd love to know uh, what you're doing and how you do it. And, you know, if I'm wrong or if you got to you can modify this. Let me know. I mean, maybe I missed something, but uh, I'd love to know. I'd love to hear what you're doing and how and how you go about it. So that's all I had for you on the garden plan. We're gonna get into <laughs> we're gonna get into some great stuff coming up. Um, so what's next in our next gardening podcast? So so in case you're wondering, Tuesdays are kind of the big show. Um, Tuesdays are gonna be gardening or interviews with other urban farmers or other folks. Um, you know, Wednesdays, Thursdays, we'll have that midweek motivation with Tommy Cakes. Midweek motivation with Tommy Cakes. And then uh, Friday, we are going to do, um, that's kind of the um, the end of the week shows. That's, you know, healthy lifestyle, whatever. We'll do other content there, adventures, the healthy lifestyle stuff. Um, maybe there's another interview. Maybe, who knows? We'll find out. We'll see where that takes us. But that's kind of uh, uh, the plan right now. But Tuesday is the big garden show interview type um type day so um so in our next garden podcast we'll walk through some of the seed catalogs that i've got here show you the differences between them we're going to purchase some seed uh we're going to get this going um it's time to move ahead with my 2018 garden plan and take it to the next level um we're also going to be discussing wicking bed plans in the near future so stay tuned for that and we've been talking with some other guests for the podcast as well. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, my wife Julie is going to be on the podcast for the first time. She's going to hopefully be one of my regulars, right? Regular guests or regular co-host here. We're going to talk minimalism. We've been dealing with minimalism issues here, or, or embarking on the path of minimalism uh, with this move, and we want to talk about that. And uh, I was just texting with Mister Lumber Captain Lumber Squatch himself, Greg Burns. We're going to talk about homesteading and and food forests and all that good stuff starting in urban homestead love to talk about that with greg and his get his opinion on things and we also have the urban farming with um urban farming february bellcast with michael bell so that's coming up too so we've got three great interviews that are coming it's not just going to be me droning on because i know you guys love that so stay tuned uh i think we're off to a strong start this year we've had some good interviews and some good podcasts um you know, even with the crazy madness uh, on of the Tuesday shows in the past couple of weeks here. So things are off, uh, off and running, and I'm really excited about it. So thank you for listening to Small Scale Life Podcast and visiting smallscalelife.com. Um, remember, if you're only on iTunes or Stitcher or, or one of the other uh, podcast hosts, you really need to go over to smallscalelife.com. There's notes, um, there's links to other shows, to shows that I've done or what I'm talking about, or um, there's complete, I mean, pretty much the whole transcript that I've that I've been talking about, this whole podcast is is there on smallscalelife.com. So I cannot emphasize that enough. Go to smallscalelife.com. You'll get a lot of information there, a lot of links to other shows and other uh, topics that we've covered that relate to this. And um, I think that'll really help your experience if you're just on Stitcher or iTunes. You know, go over there to smallscalelife.com. We want you to come over there. That's going to be the hub. Everything's going to kind of fold into that. Um, you know, we there's some other things that are coming that 
or not listed in the notes, but uh, getting that YouTube channel up and rolling again. And Instagram, Instagram is going great. I, I love Instagram. It's been really good. And uh, um, YouTube is another area that I've got some videos out there, some how-tos and such, and we're really going to try to push that this year and get it going. I'm really inspired by Scott Hebert and what he's doing with his vlog, his weekly vlog on his channel, and uh, it's great. Um, and the other thing, my wife is is telling me that Pinterest is where it's at, <laughs> and uh, I need to work more on Pinterest. We need to work more on Pinterest, and I hope she's going to help me with that. So thank you. Thank you for listening to Small Scale Life Podcast and and small and visiting smallscalelife.com we appreciate you and your time so our wish for you is that you remove some of that stress in your life and live simply this week do it gardening this gardening planning shouldn't be overwhelming it should actually calm you down just wait till you see those tomatoes growing and you're you're out there by the garden and things are going and and you just watered and you know you see the bees coming in you hear the birds sunshine on your face warm grass in your toes life is good you can really unwind and that's that's something that this is all about in small scale life is living simply you know and and trying to unpack some of that stress that we all carry around and and every day we're at our jobs and we're working and we're running here and running there going to kids things going to see parents going to see friends going to the you know oh, i gotta run this i gotta run 15 errands i'm gonna finally get to dinner at nine and collapse in bed at 9 30 and after i do that no nope, it's probably 10 because i gotta do the dishes and i gotta pack a lunch for tomorrow blah, 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 blah. you know it just it's madness so let's try to reduce some stress here let's take that stress out of your life live more simply so that's what we're going to try to do here you have a Zen moment, right? Namaste. <laughs> so this is Tom for Small Scale Life. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. 